Hello, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest news stories in the beauty industry each week. I am not Nick Axelrod-Welk. I'm Annie Kriegbaum. We will not be using the other name in this episode since Nick is not here. He is taking some time off with the fam. But do not worry, I have a very, very, very special guest that is highly requested by you, our dear readers, Stacey Wodu, who did Zoe Kravitz's makeup on The Batman, is joining us today. She is at home with her newborn, so you'll hear Amara make some guest appearances in the background. But we totally nerd out on all the products that she used to create Zoe's look. The makeup was actually designed under the direction and in collaboration with Pat McGrath. And you'll hear us talk about a couple of the products that she used in the look that are Pat products, but she really was there on set working to create the makeup and all the shots with Zoe. So you all will be dressing like her for Halloween. I know I will. I'm buying all these products now just in case they sell out. Sorry. So let's just get right into the interview. This was highly requested. Right when the movie came out, we had people, or we call them our readers. They listen. They don't read. But they were DMing us being like, hey, you need to figure out who did Zoe Kravitz's makeup in Batman. And I went to the IMDb. There's like 52 people listed in the makeup department. So I couldn't figure out who. And then, of course, they quickly found out that it was you. So can you kind of talk about, and I know Pat is... The design. How did you guys wear it? Okay, so she designs the makeup and then you are on set like making it happen. This is really fascinating for me because I, as I told you over DM, I'm like a makeup like nerd and, (laughs) but I'm also a movie nerd and I'm constantly, when I'm watching movies, I'm looking at all of the details and as somebody who knows how to apply makeup and I I immediately translate that to the character's personality. So I, I just listened to your tutorial, which everybody needs to go to Stacey's. Instagram and watch the like half hour tutorial on Zoe's makeup look and you were kind of explaining about like how her personality and her lifestyle is such that like her makeup shouldn't look perfect her under her under eyes shouldn't be concealed what is the prep work like going into doing makeup for a movie like this well I think for me well Pat was responsible for designing it but with um, this film, and I, I guess all films in general, everything is very secretive. So only the people that need to read the script read the script. Not everyone has access to it. So even though Pat designed it, I was the one that read the script because I was going to be working on the film for the duration. And so I, and of course Zoe had read the script, so she was you know, given instruction and like ideas about what she felt about the makeup. But I think that's one thing that is really... Uh, interesting and quite important when you're doing makeup for a character is that it's not only makeup it has to be part of their story and it has to make sense she's not going to have like super fresh under eyes she doesn't live that lifestyle so the makeup and the character and the story all have to like have a link and tie in otherwise it doesn't really make sense so I I love the aspect of this production in general because she's got so much going on she's so strong she's so determined but she's also really vulnerable at the same time and it was like trying to convey that and find the balance in makeup was the fun part I think for this job 
Yeah, and I love how, you know, thinking about like the older uh, Batman movies where Michelle Pfeiffer played Catwoman or Halle Berry, the costuming, it hit you over the head. Like, it's obviously she's in a costume as a cat. And for this movie, it's much more subtle. It's implied that she's a cat, like through the wing and the nails, like she has like claw nails. And then even I love the detail of the beanie that she's wearing. The seams of the beanie create the cat ears. That nuance is, is just what makes it so perfect and fresh feeling. I guess like rewinding a bit, we have makeup artists on here that do more like runway or editorial, but how did you get into film specifically? Well, I used to work at Mac many years ago and I remember one day I was behind the counter and a colleague of mine was serving a lady and this lady said to me, well, you would be perfect for this film that I'm working on and I had no idea who this woman was and she said, oh, can I take your details I'm going to be in touch. I'd love you to come and work on this film. And I was like, okay, cool. Because, you know, I started off in fashion and beauty. That's what my love is. And so the idea of film hadn't even, like, I didn't even know it was a viable option. Sorry for everyone. If you hear that weird noise, it's my very loud, greedy baby that I'm feeding at the same time during this interview. Eight weeks old. (laughs) Eight weeks old. And so she took my details and it turns out she was the make designer for the Titanic. A massive, <laughs> massive, ca- you know, casual, massive makeup designer. She just popped into Mac and, and saw you? And- yeah, that's literally, she just looked at me. I didn't serve her and I didn't do any makeup. She looked at me and said, you would be perfect for this job that I'm working on. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went and did that job with her, which was an incredible experience. And she's so lovely. And then from then I just met lots of people. And so I have been working in the film industry, I would say maybe like nine years, 10 years, on and off. But this is the biggest thing I've ever done. And so, yeah, it's wild how I've ended up here. But I'm very grateful for her taking a chance on the random girl in Mac that she had. No, she didn't even know if I could do any makeup. She just saw me. She didn't know if I did my makeup myself. She had no idea about me, but just took a chance. She just liked your vibe. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I was just saying I watched your tutorial video and of course I like took notes the whole time because my prediction is that every girl is going to be Catwoman for Halloween this year. (laughs) I was going to be watching your video. (laughs) So I was taking notes of the products you used the whole time and you're like still very much like a Mac girl. Yeah I think once you're a Mac girl or guy like I said with my mascara, I've tried so many different mascaras, but none of them do to my lashes what that particular mascara does, if that's the look that I'm going for. As much as I like to venture out and try new things, it's kind of nice having an anchoring and a brand that's so reliable. You know, if you want a proper makeup look, there really isn't anything MAC can't do in some way, shape or form. Like They've got all the pro stuff. If you want to do body painting and things that are a bit more avant-garde, they've got all the stuff you need for fashion and beauty. They kind of have it all. It makes me so flexible. Yeah. And there's such an oversaturation of brands and all these quote unquote new innovations in makeup. But it seems like the people that really know their shit keep on coming back to MAC time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bubs. What's the matter? I'm so sorry. It's okay. She is the queen of this castle at the moment. I've been demoted. Okay, we're back in the room. (laughs) He's comfy. (laughs) So in watching your tutorial, it seems like the breakout product, though, which is funny because this brand actually sent, I used to be an editor at Into the Gloss. Ah. 
the line retro retrovay is that how you say retrovay. it? They sent you know the whole lineup, and I remember like googling it and being like, because I always had to Google stuff to see like what was worth taking from the the closet or not, and it's so <laughs> it's so freaking expensive. So yeah. I never really got to using it all the time, and I kind of forgot about it because there's no way I can afford it in my everyday life. But yeah, the retrovay eye serum is that what it's the revitalizing eye concentrate? Yeah. So Zoe actually used that in real life and like what brought it to set? Yeah, so that's her skincare. That's what she uses as her skincare. And then you were like, I love this texture. And that's actually what you use to create. Because Selena's look in the movie, she's so incredibly glossy. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like Pat designed it, but then I was just like, hmm, I wonder how this will work here. I'm very inquisitive. So it wasn't easy for me just to be a photocopier. I had to mm-hmm. kind of make it make sense for me. You know, as an artist, you have products and brushes that are your go-tos for particular things. And if you want to achieve something, you're like, okay, I want to do a liner. I know I need to use this brush and this product. It's kind of the same thing when you interpret somebody else's makeup or you're responsible for recreating somebody else's makeup. And so initially it was just the two highlighters and I think a gloss over the top of it or maybe like the balm of, of the other end yeah. of the duo highlighter. It's Pat's like highlighter from her line. Yeah. And you use a neutral, the gold. I have the my golden. notes. I like literally wrote yeah. down every <laughs> Yeah, the gold. I use the golden and the nude on Zoe, but more uh-huh. of the nude because she's fairer than I am. So more of the nude and a tiny bit of the golden. And she would do her skin prep and come in ready. I love Zoe. She's so good at things like that. So she'd come in ready and I'd be like, right, I just need to paint. But around her eyes, it's always really like glossy. And I was just like, this is not very helpful in this area, but would look incredible on the eyelids and on the cheeks and so I tried it once and I was like gosh this stuff is a dream and it is very pricey but I really love skin and I love skin that looks real I hate I've always hated you can ask my old boss because I used to get in trouble at MAC because I wouldn't wear foundation and people would come in and ask me what I was wearing and I'd tell them I wasn't wearing anything because I don't like it but if you want one I can show you one that can make you look like this, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you this is a product. This is what I was given, but I can show you how to achieve this. I've always, always hated foundation that you can see. And so anything that makes the skin look really buttery and glossy and seamless is, oh, heaven. And so this little find for me was um, unexpected, but very gratefully received because it just took it up another level. The DP, the guys who were responsible for the lighting and stuff on the film, they were exceptional. Everyone that worked on this project was an absolute genius in their field. And I think it shows in the final product from sound to VFX, like post-production, lighting, costume, makeup, hair. Everyone was just on their A-game the whole time. Everybody needs to go watch this tutorial because it's like I, I learned just so much about your approach to applying makeup for film because I always assumed because if you think back to like Max Factor and like pancake makeup that was what you had to use for film like black and white film and I always kind of like thought that you had to have a different approach to doing makeup for film but I guess now in watching your tutorial and I'm like thinking too like all these like HD cameras that they use and like this incredible like lighting and everything it seems like you don't really have to tailor the makeup to translate well on film in the way that I thought that you might. Yeah I think that's just like a natural progression in time. I think artists who have been doing this longer are kind of more set in their ways and they still use like maquillage palettes. And I'm just like, get that away from me. I just cannot deal with the formula. The texture of it is just, it just always looks like product. And I am not a trained makeup artist at all. I've got a degree in business and marketing, never did anything artistic 
professionally. Like I don't have a qualification for anything. So I think that kind of gave me some freedom. And because I was brought into the film industry in a very unconventional way, like I didn't go to film makeup school. I didn't do all the hierarchy of being a trainee and a junior. I just came in as an artist. I didn't really have anything penning me in. I just did what I thought was the best thing to get the best result. And so I think that's what's helped me in my career so far is the fact that I always approach whoever is in my chair with the intention to make them look as amazing as possible with product that you can't see when it comes to skin. I mean, you can't hide a glittery eye. A glittery eye is a glittery eye. But if you can make somebody look like they woke up with the most beautiful, expensive skin in the world, then they're going to be happy. And more importantly, like, I'm happy. I want to do work that I'm really proud of that people see and they're like, okay, this person really cared about what they were doing. It wasn't like a slapdash kind of job. So like I said before, it depends on the character. If your character is somebody who wears a lot of makeup and it needs to be seen then I understand that but in terms of the more modern films that we're doing I don't think there's really a need to have that difference between a film makeup and a beauty makeup your actress wants to look beautiful regardless whether it's film or real life it totally takes you out of the story if the makeup doesn't match up to the character's lifestyle yes if I'm seeing like a, I don't know like somebody who's playing like an accountant and she has like not the sense, sorry, my, our accountant listeners are going to hate me. Like, <laughs> she's not supposed to care about how her makeup looks and she like has perfect eyebrows that are like, you know, penciled in. And a cut crease and she's contoured. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, no, right. that's, it totally takes me out of the, of the story. But I love how you were saying like in doing her makeup, like you're not covering her under eyes because she's out all night. Like she works at this club and she is like a stylish character. So that must have been fun to like play around with it's not like she's supposed to be like somebody who doesn't care at all about how she yeah, looks but she's just not um, overly invested right I went in like kind of wanting to be a hater <laughs> just because of like so much hype so I went in thinking like oh they're gonna have like an old school like Hollywood makeup artist because I feel especially in Hollywood the people that have worked in the industry so long like just keep getting the jobs again and again and then you can see when it's like not as fresh right so I went in thinking like oh they're gonna give her like a corny cat eye that looks very I don't know like Instagram 2016 or whatever and I'm like (laughs) but the whole time it was like I knew from the second she was on screen I was like holy shit like everybody's gonna be like what are these products like who did it because then the tutorial you did is not the only makeup look in the movie there were like there were several right She's got one as one character, which was just a liner and a lip. And that's what I did. That wasn't anything to do with Pat because it was literally for one day. And then she's uh-huh. got the look where she's in the red wig. So yes. really two looks. Yeah. And she had like what, like a chunkier glitter on her eye for yeah. that one? I think it was red and copper I used for that one. And these are MAC glitters. Yeah. What is your take on glitter and in, in makeup? Because there's wow. been an explosion of glitter and makeup. But like, why is MAC still the best for you? I just know that they're going to work. You know, Pat was the one who gave me these. And I was like, oh, these are all matte products. I remember this glitter. I know this glitter. And so I would say glitter will always rain. Like, we're never going to get rid of that stuff. It makes people feel so good about themselves. You see it on little girls when you do nail varnish on them and you sprinkle glitter. Like, their faces, and you don't lose that as an adult. It may become a bit more refined. But I think, in general, we kind of love glitter. I don't love glitter on a film set, though. That is... uh, (laughs) Yeah, what were the challenges of just the consistency from shot to shot? The continuity, definitely. And also, like, I'm quite a clumsy person and I've got an open pot of glitter on set. 
and I'm doing like a touch up on Zoe and I'm like, okay, if anyone knocks me or if I drop this, we have to stop shooting for the day because it will be on everything everywhere. And I'll have to spend all, like, honestly, that was my prayer all the time. Don't drop this glitter. Don't drop this glitter. No one come near me and don't drop this glitter. Because it would literally ruin the day. The bat suit is covered in like silver glitter spots. I think I would have got fired. <laughs> What's the vibe on set? Is it like really regimented where you have to like be done with the makeup and like, okay, you have 20 minutes to apply it and then we got to shoot? So basically, so we'd come in in the morning and go straight into makeup first and then go into hair, then costume and then on set. And so every department has got like the allocation of time and you just have to work within those parameters. If they tell you, you need to be done in 15, you need to be done in 15. I mean, not the whole makeup. There's no way you could do that makeup in 15 minutes. And that's what's quite interesting, actually, is that it looks like it wasn't a lot, but it was to make it look like nothing, like to get those nuances and her undertones and different areas in her face. And then I'd have to kind of become a robot and program the colors into myself. So I wasn't thinking about them every day. I'd just get them out and know, right, this part goes here, this part goes here. And that's the way I'd be able to cut down on my time. And then there was an amazing lady called Susie Redfern who did Zoe's body makeup. So she has I mean, Zoe's famous for her tattoos, but Selena doesn't have tattoos. And so... Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Susie and I would be working and figure out like a little routine of what I was going to do while she was doing certain parts of her body that didn't require her head to be still so much. So I do the eye when she was... It was a team job and she did an amazing job on her body. Is it like airbrush makeup? Like how do you cover tattoos? She's a genius. So she's a prosthetics makeup artist and... I was in awe watching her work. And so she would do the regular airbrush and then she would use like, we have these alcohol palettes that you, alco- uh, you activate with alcohol and she'd flick over different colours and she'd be like, oh, there's a bit of green in her skin here. And and it's like, you wouldn't even see it, but she would see it and she'd put it on and you'd be like, oh yeah. So she's like one of those like fine art restorers where you just, they're like so specific about the shades. and Yeah, she could. She was amazing. She did such a great job on her. And it was nice to have someone there. I mean, on the days where she wore the cat suit, I would do like the tattoo cover on her hands and her neck. But when mm-hmm. it was like her costumes that were more revealing and more yeah. of her back and arms and shoulders were out, then Susie was there and she knocked it out of the park. She killed it because people can't even, they don't even remember that she had tattoos. And that's what I think is a testament to how good she was at what she did because people aren't even saying, oh, she's got no tattoos in this film. Like they don't even remember. Yeah, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. One thing that I loved about how you described doing her makeup for this was like, well, first of all, there's no blush, which I thought was very interesting because I guess she's not like supposed to be a spring chicken. And so if you like have a pop of like coral or pink or whatever blush, it kind of wouldn't feel right. But you did do like some interesting contouring. And I love that you point out that you can't use warm colors for contouring because not to hate on another like British makeup artist, but Charlotte Tilbury's contour wands are like the warmest. They're like bronzers. And it's always confused me how like, yeah. this warm brown can be like positioned as a contour, but you use like a grayish taupe just to cut into her cheekbones. And you also, your tip you gave was to blend upwards, which blew my mind. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Because <laughs> whenever I contour under my cheeks, I'm like blending down because I guess I'm trying to create like more of a hollow look like at the lower half of my face. But you blend, so you basically, what was the product that you used for the contour? I think it's called A Contour by Giorgio Armani in the color 20, 20 or 2. In the little like doe foot applicator? Yeah, the pink tiny little bottle. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't tried those yet. They're really nice. It's like watercolor 
on the skin. Yeah, it's so, quite sheer, right? Yeah, which I love. And I think I also said in the video, like, if you want to do contour, I would never use a powder as a contour, ever. Oh, interesting. No, I would only ever use a cream. Hi, Bubby. Sorry, she's smiling at me. <laughs> I would only ever use a cream or a liquid. Maybe you can reinforce it with a tiny bit of powder after you've done all your liquid and cream placement. But in general, I would always do contour with a, a cream product. I've even done it with an eye pencil where I've had no contour thing in my kit and been like, oh, crap, I need to make this happen. So I've been known to use eyebrow pencils or eye pencils with a cool, great undertone and scribble on the face and then take a dense little brush and buff it into the foundation. That's a really good tip, actually, because I feel like eyebrow shades, they're like kind of the only ashy browns that you can find yeah. in certain brands. I loved how you described lining the under eye. It was, you called it reinforcing the depth. Yeah, because it's not about putting in a hard line. It's about reinforcing the depth. I don't know how else to say it, but like making yeah. that a bit richer, you know? Shaping your face. Yeah, exactly. So what is your YouTube channel if people want to go? It's the same as my Instagram. Ace underscore face underscore beauty is my Instagram. And then if you just type Ace Face Beauty on YouTube, my very old videos of my tiny son come up there. So now that you have a little girl, what makeup products do you refuse to get rid of that you think that she'll end up stealing one day? Like my mom had this like teal Chanel eyeliner that was probably like had tons of like mold and bacteria in it. I was always like, <laughs> stealing out of her makeup because it was like the one really fun shade that she had. And it, yeah. like, <laughs> I think I had it until I was like a teenager too. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, hopefully if I'm doing my job properly, I shouldn't have any old makeup around for her to steal. But oh, I pro, think so. one thing that she will never have to go through is having a bad eyebrow phase because yes. I will not let her do to her eyebrows what I did to mine. And luckily they grew back, but... Those tadpole eyebrows that you have in your 12, 13. <laughs> yeah, we won't be doing that with you. <laughs> yeah, my mom, she wouldn't let me touch my eyebrows. And I have like grandpa eyebrows, you know, like the really <laughs> wiry, long, hairy ones. And she would never let me pluck them. But I got bullied so much for them. I think it was like fifth or sixth grade that she did take me to get them waxed. And we both looked at me like in the mirror afterwards and we were like, never again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this looks so bad. <laughs> So Amara is very lucky to have you. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is like my dream. Thanks for having me, Annie. Again, like I love nerding out on color makeup. It's so fun for me. And I'm going to buy that. Now I'm out. How much is that serum, you think? Like $300? I think it's 200 and something dollars. <laughs> Great. Okay, so I now I'm out. They very kindly <laughs> sent me some. Honestly, you really don't need much. That is the one thing where you'd probably replenish like face cream maybe four times in a year. You may not have to do that with this. I don't know. I'm just trying it out now. We'll see how long it lasts. But yeah, I mean, look at Zoe. She's a very good advert for them. <laughs> okay, so product of the week this week, besides this Zoe Kravitz eye serum, I have my most addictive fragrance I've ever purchased. It is completely replacing the Lilabo Gaiac 10 or Gaiac 11. I can't remember the number, but that's the one I've no I normally wear. This one is my new ride or die. I can't imagine there ever being a smell that I would ever want to smell ever again in my life. If after applying it throughout the day, it, you know, since kind of uh, disappear, this one, it still will be on my clothes or my wrist and I will just come across a whiff of it and it just makes me so, so, so happy. It smells incredible. You just need to buy it. I don't know what else to 
it's like a crowd pleaser. I don't think it's like a hard scent to like, but it's not like a gourmand fragrance that like, like it's not like a coconut that everyone will love, although it does have coconut milk. Okay, I'm just going to tell you what it is. It's called Debaser and it's from the brand DS and Durga. I just bought it last week. They have a store in Williamsburg and I just walked in and it's fucking incredible. The top notes are bergamot, green leaf and pear stem whatever that means. <laughs> the heart notes are fig, coconut milk, and iris. And the base notes are blonde woods, tonka bean, and moss. And it is bright. It's almost fruity, but not in like a cloying way. But it has this like really nice depth to it. I think it's from the tonka and the wood notes. Like just buy it. It's super expensive. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not as bad as Tom Ford though. So it comes in two sizes. 175 for the 50 milliliter and 260 for the 100. I will probably be buying the 100 because I just want to smell like this all the time. So Dia Sandurga, Debaser, buy it, love it. Oh, it also comes in a pocket perfume oil. Okay, now I need to get that too. All right, so that is it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new one. Nick will be joining me as always. We'll go over all the top stories that we missed. And just in case you forgot, Eyewitness is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Present, and our album art is by Simon Abronowitz. You can follow us on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty. Also, support us on Patreon. Find us there. You know, just Google like Patreon Eyewitness Beauty. You guys are smart. You can email us hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. And I guess that's it. Have a good week and um, wear glitter. Bye.